Welcome to the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Phil Berge. Every episode, I challenge you to connect action and wisdom on your leadership journey. Each podcast features a leadership tool or approach to apply immediately to your work and life. Drawing from my experiences as a business owner, nonprofit executive, educator, process consultant, and executive coach. And if you'd like to dig deeper, you can find these episodes and more on leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com. Join me as I bring some theory, a little humor, and tons of results-oriented wisdom served up in about 20 minutes while you exercise or drive or whenever you're ready to grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Phil Berge, and I'm excited to share this seventh episode of the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Today, we're going to explore the notion of meaning and the importance of trust in these crazy times in which we live. As always, in my Leadership Meets Life podcasts, I'll be referencing several resources you may find helpful, as well as drawing on my own experiences. So let's get started. It's an understatement to say that we live in challenging times. Actually, the word challenging doesn't really cover it. In our communities, our states or provinces, our countries and globally, we live in a divided culture. We've had a perfect storm of one of the most contentious elections in American history, along with the most dangerous pandemic the world has seen in 100 years along with enormous differences around issues of race, wealth, sexuality, human rights, workplace, and many other important themes. And frankly, many of us are tired, tired of the differences that divide us, that separate us, tired of the lack of trust that divides neighborhoods, families, communities, companies. I see it in the faces of those I coach, and I feel it in my bones. Yet, In a real way, it's not entirely new. Hear me out. For example, the United States has faced great unrest, uncertainty, and division before. And even in quiet times, discord is constantly rippling beneath the surface. In the words of sociologist Todd Gitlin of Columbia University, America has always been divided. I think the myth of a unified country is a myth. American beliefs have been contested ground from the start, he says. I mean, pick a moment in history when we have not been deeply divided. He goes on to say, in its 244-year history, the U.S. has endured deep divisions between its political parties and over industrialization, the Civil War, immigration in the late 1800s, women's suffrage, whether to enter the First and Second World Wars, civil rights and anti-war protests in the 1960s, gay rights, abortion rights, and numerous other battles, end of quote. And you know, the low trust placed in the U.S. Congress isn't a particularly new development either. More than a century ago, Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain, is credited with saying with his sharp tongue, There is no distinctly American criminal class except Congress, end of quote. As a history major in college and graduate work later in social psychology, I tend to take a longer view with a bias towards the notion that history 
does in fact repeat itself. But history, of course, is simply a category or a discipline. The repeating that happens throughout time is human nature. Musician Carrie Livgren of the 1970s band Kansas wrote the song Dust in the Wind based on the biblical Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. That biblical book is also where you may have heard the phrase, there's nothing new under the sun. I tend to agree. On the one hand, these truly are crazy times. To us, they surely seem unprecedented. There seems to be little question that harnessing the sky as we have with our global and now galactic travel and the beyond comprehension nanoscopic developments in medicine and digitization of nearly everything, that these and many other developments do have us living in a unique time. Add to this the ever faster pace of life and the numbing number of choices in life, today feels unparalleled. Permit me a quick rabbit trail. Consider the types of cereal, for example, no longer limited to bran flakes or shredded wheat, or eventually the finer cereals like Cocoa Puffs or Count Chocula. Now we not only have wheat cereals, we have oats and barley and rye and sorghum and corn and quinoa and buckwheat and millet and flax and chia and triticale. And then, of course, we have a numbing number of milks, too, like raw, whole cow's milk, skim milk, 2% milk, 1% milk, goat or sheep milk, camel or water buffalo milk. And then there's non-milk milk, like soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, coconut milk, quinoa milk, and on. Look, let me be clear. I'm not poking fun at the options we have available. And for those who are allergic or intolerant, to cow's milk or who need to manage celiac disease, these choices are life altering. My whole point was that on the one hand, these truly are unprecedented times. Yet on the other hand, throughout time, people have lived in some very difficult and tragic and numbing circumstances that few of us today can even begin to appreciate. As simple as hunting and gathering may seem to us today, worrying about a sharp-toothed, four-legged creature behind every rock was no picnic. And in times when living to the ripe old age of 40 was unusual, it really does seem to depend what you choose as a point of comparison. As an educated straight white man of some means, I really don't understand the challenges that many people have lived with their whole life whether thousands of years ago or yesterday. So whether you say these are unprecedented times for which you can make a compelling case, or whether you say that in substantial ways, there is essentially nothing new under the sun and that people have always needed to adjust to challenging circumstances of their time and place. We humans have always needed a few things in order to live. Nazi survivor, Viktor Frankl, in his famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, which by the way, is one of the most influential books you can read. He famously said, and I quote, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how, end of quote. For Frankel, the meaning of life is found in every moment of living. He believed life never ceases to have meaning, even in tragedy, 
or death. He spoke of the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. If there is meaning in life at all, he said, then there must be meaning even in suffering, end of quote. In very important ways, we choose to interpret how we make meaning from whatever it is we're going through. We talk of optimists and pessimists. We talk of people being born with a silver spoon in their mouth, or conversely, of people having been dealt a bad hand. Yes, we need air and water and something to eat, but we also need to feel that we belong, like we can trust who we are with, and we need to experience some degree of meaning in life. I doubt I'm the only one, however, who's wondering if our society were, will ever be able to experience a shared sense of meaning. I've been concerned for quite some time about the different worlds that we seem to live in. Politics, religion, school boards, you name it. It seems we not only hold different positions about things important to us, but it seems like we live in different worlds. Even if division isn't new to humanity, how do we trust each other in such a divided culture? How do you hold out hope for a shared sense of meaning and purpose in life? How do you as a leader work at building trust in your business or organization or relationships? Nepalese poet Santosh Kalwar notes that, quote, trust starts with truth and ends with truth, end of quote. I like that quote. Trust starts with truth and ends with truth. Trust as a noun is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Our English word trust comes from the Latin word feed, F-I-D, which you'll find in other words, including confident, fidelity, and perfidy, that is untrustworthiness. Researching the etymology of the word trust pointed me to the educational site membean.com, where they noted that, and I quote, the popular name Fido has embedded in the dog's name, Fido, Fido, that the master can trust the little critter to ever be loyal. If you want to pick up a very accessible book on trust to read and to give to your leadership team, consider The Thin Book of Trust, An Essential Primer for Building Trust at Work by Charles Feltman. I'll include it in the resources section for this podcast episode. Feltman points to what he calls the four distinctions of trust. First, sincerity, which he describes as the assessment that you are honest, that you say what you mean and mean what you say. You can be believed and taken seriously. That's sincerity. Secondly, reliability, which is the assessment that you meet the commitments you make and that you keep your promises. Reliability. Third, competence which is defined as the assessment that you have the ability to do what you were doing or proposed to do. 
that you have the requisite capacity, skill, knowledge, and resources to do a particular task or job, competence. And fourthly, care, which Feltman describes as the assessment that you have the other person's interests in mind, as well as your own, when you make decisions and take actions, care. So these four distinctions of trust, sincerity, reliability, competence, and care seem like a baseline for both work and life in general. At the end of the day, trust is at the core of relationships. David Horsager, CEO of Trust Edge Leadership Institute, notes that, and I quote, trust and not money is the currency of business and life. My dad, Willard, started an electrical contracting business in 1937 that today is a thriving business owned and operated by the third generation of Burgies. I learned from my father that trust is indeed the currency of both business and life. Dad, obsessed with being fair to his customers, employees, and vendors alike. For him, fairness was at the heart of building and maintaining trust. My dad has been gone for over 20 years, but the credibility upon which he founded our family's business continues to drive the business's success nearly 85 years later. Truth, trust, honesty, in some important ways, there is nothing new under the sun. I'll be honest, the most challenging aspect of all this for me has been and continues to be my difficulty grasping how we can live in such different worlds despite living in the same world. During the years that Copernicus and Galileo were realizing that despite a literal reading of the biblical text in Joshua, the earth actually revolves around the sun and not the other way around. And when European funded sailors didn't fall off a flat earth, but instead eventually circumnavigated the globe, people still chose to believe what they believed. People have always lived in different worlds. And sometimes I'm amazed at how difficult this is for me to understand, despite my own significant shifts in what I believe today compared to decades ago. You're likely familiar with the several thousand year old fable credited to the storyteller Aesop in which a shepherd boy was so bored one day that just for fun, he yelled, help, wolf, help. As the story goes, villagers came running with shovels and hoes to help the shepherd. But when they arrived, there was no wolf. The boy laughed at the commotion he had created. The fable continues with the boy trying this little trick on several more occasions. And then one day, the big bad wolf did in fact show up. The result, of course, was that the boy had used up his credibility. No one trusted or believed there was a wolf this time. And so it goes today. In the 2021 Trust Outlook Executive Edition published by the Trust Edge Leadership Institute, they note that, and I quote, people often think trust is built over the course of many interactions. But we also know that trust is built or destroyed the fastest during moments of crisis and recovery, end of quote. The only way to sustain or even grow business in this climate is with trust. A high trust organization builds an environment 
where adaptation and innovation are possible. For many years, Harvard's change guru, John Cotter, has been advising leaders to increase communication during times of change by a factor of 10. And while that may be nearly impossible to do, or at least to do meaningfully, consider the counsel of David Horsager, who says, over-communicate the why to build trust in the midst of change. The 2021 Trust Outlook I mentioned earlier notes that in uncertain times, leaders can act to provide stability in troubled circumstances, not only by communicating more, but also by being transparent while being as confident as possible. In addition to increased communications and transparency and confidence, be empathetic. Stay in touch with what people you work with are feeling. You know, the current pandemic with social distancing and whatever that means by now, and the struggles around masking and vaccines and remote work have created more isolation and mistrust. All of this can be very insulating and isolating for everyone. People are struggling to feel connected, to feel like they belong to something larger, something meaningful and make time and create space for questions. We all have them right now. Find practical ways for employees and workers to speak up and raise their questions, their fears, their concerns. I leave you with several questions I posed earlier. Even if division isn't new to humanity, how do we trust each other in such a divided culture? How do you hold out hope for a shared sense of meaning and purpose in life? How do you as a leader work at building trust in your business or organization or relationships? In my corresponding blog post on this theme of trust and meaning, I'll dig deeper into specific strategies for effective leadership in times of significant change and crisis. We'll look at eight pillars of trust from the 2021 Trust Outlook. And we'll look at the 13 principles in Stephen M. R. Covey's Speed of Trust that considers the place of both character and competence in building and maintaining trust. You can check that blog post out at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com. Look, I'm grateful that you decided to join me for this Leadership Meets Life podcast again. And I would love to hear what you found helpful about today's podcast or what you find perplexing. Reach out to me at leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com and let's start a conversation. And I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast with other folks. Thanks as always to my fearless producer, Jennifer Miller of Strategically Connected, who so expertly helps me behind the scenes as we connect wisdom and action for your leadership world, for wherever leadership meets life.